This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Today, so uh, we're pretty, pretty psyched oh, about that. It's a Pat and Fat show. <laughs> it said Pat and Stew, though. Yeah, it did. Pat and Stew with Fat. Uh, it's, it's Jeffy. Uh, Pat and Jeffy today. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Apparently, there was significant evidence two weeks before the San Bernardino attack. Uh, weird transactions going on. Weird goings on happening at the house itself. Going, coming and. And going at all hours of the night into the garage with uh, Islamic visitors, according to some of the neighbors. How did they know they were Muslim? Right. Oh, my gosh. Were the burqas a hint? Is that possible? Was the, I don't know, praying five or six times a day a hint? Uh, the long the, beards, you know, that kind of thing. The uh, I mean, continual screaming about how much they hated Israel a hint? <laughs> Maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I don't know how they... Uh, but uh, apparently, uh, Saeed Farouk was the recipient of a $28,500 deposit made into his account two weeks before he and his wife killed 14 at a Christmas party. The source told Fox News that authorities were investigating to determine if the transaction was a loan from WebBank.com. Now, how difficult would that be to determine? I Call WebBank.com <laughs> and ask them. I don't know. Perhaps the FBI could find that out. Well, it's a terrorist investigation. Yes, they could find that out. Uh, they could find that out quite easily. Around November 20th, the source told Fox News, Farouk withdrew $10,000 of the money as cash. Now, that should have been another big fat signal. Right. Uh, Which very well could have been, right? Because we did have rumors in the beginning that talked about them being under watch. Yeah, they knew who they were. Yeah. You know, when the. the And maybe that's why. The first accidental mention of his name on the police scanners. Yeah. um, Then there was a report then that said that, uh, well, we need to talk because we know know this guy. And then there wasn't any more talk after that. Mm-hmm. It was just they shut that down. So I mean, they very well could have been on uh, you know somebody watching them and then realizing, oh crap, they finally they did something. Because the thing is, with the new uh, laws in place, ten thousand dollar cash withdrawals uh, cause a red flag with the feds, and right. you're on a watch 
thing after no that. Matter what. Yeah. No matter I mean, what. No matter what. And according, <laughs> when we were talking about uh, Hassert, yeah. we found out that, a side note from this story, we find out, find out that it doesn't matter that it's even 10,000. doesn't It's have anything to be. that's different. Yeah. So if you're used to depositing 1,500, 1,500, 1,500, and you deposit 3,500, mm-hmm. that's a flag. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I was, I was reading a story last week about this uh, financial guy, this hedge fund manager, who is looking at the signs of what's going on in the world. And he then went to his bank and asked for a certain amount of money in cash. And it wasn't the $10,000 limit, so it was well under that. Um, but it was th- a few thousand dollars. Sure. And she said, oh, I can't, I can't do that. And he's like, what, what do you mean you can't do that? It's my money. What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, you have to sign for this because I don't know you. And he said, go get your manager. And she did. She went and got the supervisor, brought her back. <laughs> and the supervisor said, yeah, you're okay, but you do have to sign this and give it to us. And for whatever reason, I don't know. So... It caused all kinds of alarm bells in his head that I can't take my own money out of my own bank. It's my money. They're not lending it to me. That is what, my what, money. What, what do they make you sign that it's not for uh, don't an know. illegal activity? I don't know. He said there were all kinds of uh, withdrawal documents involved that he had to sign for. Well, I got to look up. In the- so it got me to thinking, and his point was. You might want to withdraw your money from your bank while you still can. Because <laughs> yeah. there's been people. And so. I don't know who, where did I hear it from? Mm-hmm. Where did I hear it from? Mm-hmm. What network is this? What network are we on? The Blaze. The Blaze. Mm-hmm. The Blaze. Might have been that one. Might, might have been. been that one. There's a guy on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was always telling us that <laughs> people weren't going to be able to get money out of their bank accounts and. Yeah. It was coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. And people should be prepared for that. Uh-huh. That's crazy. And maybe you should have cash on hand. Stupid. And so I started thinking about all those things. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I wonder if maybe I should be closing my accounts and keeping my own money into myself. See, I thought about that a while ago, and I did. Uh, and you did? I did. Mine are shut right down. Really? Shut right down. Your bank accounts yeah, are I'm shut down? Yeah, I'm not giving the bank any more of my money. <laughs> of course, you don't. Have any to give them? Well, that but, goes without saying. Yeah, I'm just saying right. I shut them down. Right. Good. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing their game. But then I thought, well, if I do that, if I close my accounts, I'm probably going to be flagged by some, yeah. you know, watch list. And I don't want that either. So I don't know what to do. Well, but. it might look if you do it all at once. Whatever amount <laughs> that you want to do, you take the one-time flag and move on, right? Instead of trying to trying to do it over it. time. And then make it mm-hmm. look like the appearance of something that you're actually planning over time. Yeah. You know, the extra flags, right? I, I mean, guess I, if you go and, and withdraw everything and just say, I'm closing my account, then it looks like you're just taking it to another bank. But will the Fed show up? Because Haster yeah, did they will. that. Yeah, no, Haster they will took out a they, bunch of money and they right. showed up at his door and he yeah. said, yeah, I just closed my account. I'm going to another bank. He lied about that but because he was actually making payments to this right. woman or whatever. Um, yeah, because the other banks now in today's world... what the hell business world, is it of the federal government if I want to take all my money out and move it to another bank? In today's world, they made my... Uh, wow. They made my... Uh, well, they didn't make him, but the way it worked with my father-in-law was uh, he had to write just write a check from the bank to the new bank so that, it, no, it wasn't any cash. Oh, really? It was just the transaction. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... 
So from one account to another so account. So that's a way where they prevent you from getting your own money and Correct. using it at home, though. Correct. I don't know what you do. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know. Let I him flag me, either. I guess. Uh, I don't yeah, know. It, I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? You, I mean, we, you we weigh, also hold. You weigh the potential against, I mean, which do you hate more? Do you hate more the fact that you may never get your money out of your bank? If you listen to this hedge fund manager and people like Glenn right. and some others who, you know, eventually that's going to happen, it right? Sure is. I believe it eventually I, it will happen. We are certainly, I don't know when. We are certainly down that road. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what stops yeah. it. But I don't either. We certainly are going down that road. Now, do you... Do you get flagged? We also heard when we were uh, in the Hastert debacle that the one banker said that um, you might get flagged, but if they look, uh, you know, if someone actually looks at it and says, oh, that's just a guy taking his money, and they move on. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know what it takes for that flag to be somebody go, we need to go over to Pat Gray's house. Find yeah. out what's going on. Right. You know, I, don't I, I don't know what that Because they went to the former Speaker of the House's home right. and I, knocked on his I, door. I, <laughs> I mean, I if there's a guy that you wouldn't suspect of terrorism. And he's taking money out of his own account, so what? Right. Let him do it. See, what that business Those is days that are here? over. They are. Those days are, are over. Gone. The days of, uh, so, you know, he's uh, doing something on his property. Uh, that's Bill's property, so what? Yeah. Those days are gone. Man, that's pretty sad. It really is. It really sad. is. Anyway. We're in a different time. I know. And uh, the French are in a different time and place as well. French voters uh, reacted in a big way following the Paris attacks. The French anti-immigrant far-right-wing National Front Party. Now, keep in mind, again, this has to be said, the far-right wing in Europe is not the far-right wing in America. Right. Completely different deals. Right. Uh, so the far-right wing party made, a huge, made huge gains in the first round of regional elections in France. Uh, and it's the first elections that have been held in the country since the terror attacks. Wow. And they, 130. They, they were described as... Uh, spectacular, astonishing, historic. Yeah. 30.8% wow. of the vote went to the National Front. Taking wow. And that was first place. Second place was the center-right Republican Party of former President Nicolas Sarkozy, 27.2. Right. And then Francois Hollande, socialists, huh. came in third at 22.7. Wow. Really good news. I mean, really good news. Sarkozy is the one in the middle there that you would like to see back. You know, he, he and his type of people, because they're more American-like. Right. They're... they're they're closer to where a conservative in America would be. Um, the socialists are on the left. The, the essentially fascists are on the right. And so you would want a Sarkozy type uh, in there. Oh. Spectacular showing. Highest ever performance for the anti-immigration, anti-European party. And if it maintains a strong lead in, the, in next week's second round, it could reshape France's political landscape. You bet. And the anti-immigration, you think about, I mean, that's Donald Trump. Yes, I mean, it is. That's Donald Trump. That's shutting it down. That's saying uh, we're closing everything down. Get and that's out. exactly what he is saying here. Uh, and they, and what, what is ridiculous about this is that the media will describe them both as the same right wing. Correct. Trump and these uh, anti-immigrants in, in Europe, and they're not. Uh, well, Trump might be closer than... And some, but he released a statement I calling. Don't know that he's a, nah, he's not a fascist. No, he's not I, a fascist. Uh, but 
he he yeah. said that he wants a total and complete shutdown of uh, Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what's going on. You know, what does that mean, really? What, what do you mean they figure out what's going on? Wow. Well, what I mean, that that, that, that's detailed for Donald. It, to yeah, figure out what's yeah, going yeah. on. That's, that's, a, that's as much detail as you ever get from what him. What do you want? That's for sure. We're going to figure out what's going on. I'm going to put some very top-level mm-hmm. people on top of it. We're going to figure out what's going on. We'll get it laid out, and then we'll, we'll let some of them back in. And we're going to win. We're going to America, make America great again. I mean, it's called win. management, Pat. I don't know what your problem is. It's called we have a country. That's what it's called. Uh, he said, without looking at the various polling data, it is obvious to anybody the hatred is beyond comprehension. Where this hatred comes from and why, we will have to determine. Until we're able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threat it poses, our country cannot be the victims of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad and have no sense of reason or respect for human life. <laughs> when asked specifically which Muslims would be banned from entering the U.S., Trump's campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, that's a good name, too. That's my, yeah. step, that's my stepfather's name. Is it? Uh, told ABC News the ban applies to everyone. Every Got Muslim. Every everyone. Muslim. I'm messing around. So, <laughs> I mean, and, it, look, if that's what you want... Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, they do. I oh, mean, I no hear question about that. a lot. There's no question. Uh, even you know, the, I'll bet my uh, Facebook page is going to be exploding with that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I uh, mean, I, on I how right Donald my Trump Facebook is page on is that. Always talking about shutting down the borders and we have to stop mm-hmm. these immigrants from coming in here. Now, again, we go back to you know, is it one thing stopping immigrants and one thing stopping Muslims? They would mm-hmm. argue, like Black Lives Matter, it's the same thing. It's you know, not, when though. You you... Say, when you say immigrants today, you mean Muslims. No, that's not necessarily but, true. When you, when you say all lives matter, you mean white. It's very simple. Yeah, that's the same no, thing. Mm-hmm. Same racist thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To them, white yes. White America does. To them, yes. yes. But if you wanted to uh, slow down or stop immigration for a short time while we got our, our security situation under control... I, I mean, I'd be willing to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. If you, you want to shut down all immigration for a while, not just Muslims. So you're not discriminating against one group of people. You just say, okay, look, we're going to get this sorted out. So we can shut it down until we can figure out what is going on? Until we figure it out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the detail you're talking yes. about? Yes. So, it's so crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It, but it's I, certainly that's that. the only way you could peddle this yeah. to where it might be palatable to some. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I mean, in the I meantime, you're going to get the crap beat out of you I, by the media. Oh, and I don't know. I don't know how you do it, really. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I, you really I, can't. I don't. You I can't don't. shut down immigration in America. It's just not going to happen. So, but, you know, to, to Trump supporters, they don't look at that. They don't think, well, you can't do that. I, he says it, so they believe it. It's so. Right? It's so. He's going to do it. If he says he's going to build a wall so high that you could see it from Pluto... Then that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. He never backs down on anything. If he says he has a special place for all his Bibles, then he has a special place for all his Bibles. And I think he never backs down. My favorite is that he never backs down from anything because we haven't talked about his uh, uh, trying to blackmail CNN, right, to give pay him five million to be part of the debate. Yeah, and said that he would give the money to charity, and then CNN called his bluff and said no, and he was like, "Oh, okay, well, I got to be part of the debate anyway." You know that. But he never backs down from anything. 
<laughs> he never backs down from anything. I didn't see the conclusion of that. Yeah. I saw the demand that he wanted $5 million yeah. to participate. And then CNN said, hey, yeah, no, we're not paying you anything. And, and then when asked, Donald said, well, I mean, it's a big debate. Wow. I'm for the front runner. I got it. I'm expected to be there. Well, wait. He never backs down from that. <laughs> I know. Jeffy, he never backs That's down. That's what I mean. He never so backs somewhere, down. So somewhere, CNN must have paid him $5 million in the back doors. So. Yeah, right, right. That's probably what happened. <laughs> well, you know, and to say he doesn't back down from anything... How about the blood shooting out of her eyes, ears, and wherever else comment he backed down from? Oh, I was talking about her nose. All right, shut up. No, you weren't. No, you weren't, Don. You lying Donald sack. J. No, you weren't. <laughs> Step up to the plate. I Come mean, on. you stepped up to the plate with Rosie O'Donnell, and everybody went, ah, he's just being funny. He stepped up to the plate with that. Mm -hmm. But when he started talking about, when he started talking about uh, the, the women's issues with Megan mm -hmm. and the sex issues with uh, the girl on the show, on, uh, on the show down on her knees. Yeah, on his knees. We got her back. Oh, I didn't mean that. Oh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't talking, talking about that. that. What, really? Yeah, we, we okay, went back God. and listened to that over and over I know. again. Yeah, that's exactly what he was talking it about. Sure is. 888-727-BECK. Uh, more of the Pat and Stu Show with Jeffy coming up in here in a second. Whether you like it or not, he's still going to be here. All right? Yeah. Okay. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Triple eight seven two seven back. Hey, it's uh, it's Pat and Stu uh, with Jeffy today. Uh, Jeffy, how excited are you about the Holy War? Coming oh my on, gosh! On December nineteenth, aside the Holy War in Las Vegas. Aside from my shoulder surgery tomorrow, yeah, all I've been thinking about <laughs> is it. All I've been thinking yeah. about. I know it's what the country's talking about. I know. Actually, I will say, uh, ESPN. There are a lot of excited sports people. There, they seem to be liking this matchup. It's a good matchup. BYU Utah. It's in, a good matchup. They call yeah. it the Holy War in uh, in Utah, um, and it is one of the country's great rivalries. And it will be played this year in the Las Vegas Bowl. I don't know that I would call it. It is the one of the great, <clears throat> great rivalries. It was ESPN or someone that rated it the fourth best in the country. In the country. What? Yes. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Are four? you kidding me? What do you have? What do you, Easily uh, fourth. Hold on. I put it hold in number on, one, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. But you have Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, and I think right? they were listed ahead. You have uh, Notre Florida, Dame, Florida USC. State. Notre Dame, USC. And then... Uh, Florida, uh, Florida State. I don't know that that's ahead of it. Florida, Florida State. Nobody gives rats butt about. Come on now. Come on. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Alabama, Auburn might have been above Yeah, that. Alabama, Auburn. Huge. Yes. You got Missouri, Arkansas. Missouri, Arkansas. <laughs> border, border war. <laughs> Border war, you got that. A border you got war. That. Uh, of course, that's SEC. Uh, you got that, that Rutgers, Syracuse. Uh, that's, of course, in there somewhere. You got Kansas, Kansas State. You got Eastern Michigan against Western Michigan. You got, you got Kent State, Akron. 
<laughs> oh, come on. It's no, one it of the great rivalries. UCLA, maybe UCLA, USC. USC. Uh, right? And then I you mean, you could Notre at Dame, least USC. give it ten, top it, ten, right? Top I think it's top status. five. I did. Oh, oh, yeah, Oklahoma, two, Texas. Well, I Texas said fourth, Texas. and then you took issue with that. Uh, it probably is for sure top ten. You're right. Okay, but thank you. Um, it's almost five. It's a, it's a great robbery. Anyway, uh, they haven't played in two years because, uh, you know, Utah's in the Pac-12 now, BYU's independent. So the robbery got pushed aside for a couple of years. Now, they're back on the schedule for the regular season this coming season. But uh, to finish off this year. you good. Now, in the Las Vegas Bowl, with that matchup, is awesome. And it's our coach's last game ever because he's going he's to Virginia. He's a great coach for BYU, great coach. too. He's a great coach. And, you know, for some fans, you can't please him. You can't please him. The guy's won 70% of his games in uh, the 11 years he's been there. I know it's hard I'm to sorry, believe what? you can't please some fans. Huh. But he, he'll see all the time on Twitter and wherever else that he should leave. And I'm Which sure that figured crazy. in. That I, I'll bet you that figured in. Of course, so did the three and a half million tripling his salary. Th- that in, that helps. So that, that helps, helps in a move. What will piss me off, however, is if he decimates the program on the way out by taking all the uh, all the assistance with him, because that will hurt recruiting. And some of the commits that we already have, oh yeah, there are are committed go. and love the uh, assistant coaches. If he takes a good number of them. We're going to lose. Well, they're commits. the ones that are doing the recruiting. We're going to lose commits. I mean, the head coach comes in at, and takes a look and says hello mm-hmm. and meets the right. players. Most of the recruiting is done by the assistants. And you would know that because your son was heavily recruited yeah. by and, and, many schools and Gary Pickle came in after. after yeah. with so that. who was the first one on the Missouri Chris, staff? Dave to Christensen. Come? Yeah, he was the offensive he coordinator, is, offensive line coach. The OC the came? He was the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at the time. Uh, Dave Christensen. Wow, he's he was line coach and offensive coordinator. Yeah, and he, that's an unusual uh, arrangement. And he uh, mm. he recruited Elvis. He watched one practice. I, st- I remember coming to the practice at the end of practice, and he just handed me his card. He's got a ride if he wants it. Nice. I know. Nice. Were, so how many how many people actually offered Elvis? I don't know. I really don't remember. I'd have to go back. I mean, I, we talked a lot about it. More than three got, or four. Oh yeah. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite times during recruiting, when he was when he was a senior. I mean, and when they have their specific windows when the teams can go out and recruit mm-hmm. hard, and you they want you to commit, and uh, they they come after you, they call you, they text you, they go they whatever. I mean, they show up at your door, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so, one of my favorite times is that he's on the phone talking to a one university. And he says, hold on, I got another call. Puts that on hold of me. He says, yep, this is Elvis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. And goes, goes back to the other call. And it was another college? Well, yeah, he was talking to a, you know, this big college. And this was uh, one, of the, one of the Catholic colleges up in the Northeast. And like the, Boston College? No, it was one Somebody of the smaller small ones. Yeah, one of the, right. What's the uh, Holy Cross? Oh, okay. Holy Cross. And, Holy, and the guy was like, that's at, like and, and, Elvis was playing at, and Elvis was playing at the time at a Catholic high school. So, I mean, they got to take their shot. Sure. Right? Yeah. So he called and Elvis said, yeah, he called and he said, hey, Elvis, this is so-and-so from Holy Cross. Um, I know you're getting offers from bigger schools, but I just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to come to, to a Catholic school and stay with your Catholic roots, uh, we're here for you. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. So you got a serious... Uh, well, I'm just saying, he's got it. Serious they're taking their Elvis. shots. They're taking their shot. You know? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it was fun. What, what a tremendous... That's fun. I, I don't know if people know what a cool and tremendous position that is that your son was in. And, and the level to which he ascended uh, is... To become an elite athlete like that, where you can play D1 college football, and especially in the SEC, Big 12 and SEC, yeah. in his case, uh, is r really rare and really hard to do. It and takes a lot of work. and it, it, was, you know, it was a lot of fun. The recruiting process was a lot of fun and agonizing. By the time it's over, yeah, you're, done with you're it. glad it's over. Sure. I mean, the letters, the calling. But if it didn't happen, you would have wished it did. Right. And, you know, I remember we were, what reminded us, what reminded us uh, we were talking about the recruiting yesterday is that... Uh, um, we were going over the bowl games. Yeah. And we were, you know, oh my gosh, aside from the sure. Holy War, right. we were talking about the other bowl games. <laughs> yes. And uh, it reminded me that uh, when Elvis was uh, a junior in high school, he was starting to get looks from colleges. Mm -hmm. And he was saying he wasn't sure. He was doubting himself whether he wanted to play college football. And, you know, yeah, I'm a big guy. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm good enough. So I took him. I used to announce and do sideline work and stuff for the Outback Bowl mm -hmm. in Tampa. And uh, so I took off the year and didn't announce anything with the halftime or any of that. I just took him down on the field. I got field passes. We went down on the field and watched Tennessee Penn State in the Outback Bowl. And I just walked around the field and had him walk with me and watch the game, watch the players. And wasn't even halftime. He looked at me and went, I can play with these guys. I and think that's so it a, worked. That's a, that's a pretty cool move on your part, to take him down there and just let him figure that out. Because he was nervous about it. Yeah. And that was obviously So he had goal. one more high school year, but he was ready to move on. That's great. Because I could play with these guys. That's awesome. Uh, you know, you brought up the, uh, the bowl games. What's pathetic is how many there are. <laughs> are there You mean 40? exciting? There pathetic. Are, I meant exciting. You mean exciting. Yes. Exciting there's yes, bowl games. Because 80 teams <laughs> get a chance to go. Yay! I mean, it's to the point where you got three, five, and seven teams I know. this year. That's, it's ridiculous. I know. So and they thought the they were going to have more. They ended up, they could have probably had more than that, but they, they have one uh, bowl game where the, <laughs> the same teams are playing each other again. Yes! From the Mountain Listen West. to some of these. Oh, my gosh. What the hell is the AFR Celebration Bowl? The what? The fun. The AFR what it is, Celebration Bowl, where you get this incredible matchup. And when you get Alcorn State and North Carolina <laughs> A&T together on the field, throw, throw out, out all the, the records, you get, man. You don't even... <laughs> I don't even, I don't even come to, to me with the records. Yeah, you, you couldn't announce them. You can't. And then you got the Gildan New Mexico Bowl, huge. Arizona New Mexico, huge. huge. Of course, the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl with the Holy War, BYU Utah. <laughs> uh, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. That is a good bowl. Auto Nation Cure. See the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Great bowl. Nope. Uh, the RNL Carriers See, New Orleans great. Bowl. Miami Beach, in which BYU played last year. The Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, the Poinsettia Bowl has always been, uh, you know, they, for a long time now, they've been sponsored by the San Diego Credit Union. <laughs> it's a joke, though, isn't it? The GoDaddy Bowl. The Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. Come on, that's, come on. The Hyundai Sun Bowl. 
Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. Nice. The New Era Pinstripe Bowl. That's that New York thing at Yankee Stadium, yeah. which they were trying desperately to get some kind of game. They in New sure York. were all the time. They've, the, been, they've been trying to get that to work. The Camping World Independence. The Foster Farms Bowl, where you got five and seven Nebraska. That's the Nebraska play. Yeah, the five and seven. Too. Military Bowl. The Quick Lane Bowl. The Lockheed Martin Armed Services Bowl. The Russell Athletic. The Nova Home Loans. Come on now. Nova Home Loans, Arizona Bowl. Okay. <laughs> Look, I know you need a sponsor. I know you need money to attract teams. But can we have some dignity, please? And do- <laughs> oh, come on. What happened to the Testitos Fiesta Bowl or the Sunkissed Those Fiesta are coming Bowl? up. Sunkissed Orange. Those are coming up. You're just no, buy- you're no just- they're not. You're just getting to. The AdvoCare V100 Texas Bowl is coming up. Uh, the Birmingham the Belk Bowl, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City well, Bowl. Well, if you have the home loan, you got to have the mortgage. Uh, sure, sure. The National really University. Jealous. National University. What is that? Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl. Come on, man. I mean, that really? used to be. The that Holiday Bowl used to be something, used to be something Yeah. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. It's been Chick-fil-A for a while. Yeah, the Peach, they've owned that. They've Capital owned that. One Orange. I think Capital One's been a part of that for a while. Goodyear Cotton Bowl. That's, a, go. that's an okay sponsor. <laughs> yeah. The Outback Bowl. I think they bought that bowl from the beginning, didn't they? Because it's been called Outback for a long time. Outback, bo- Outback officially made that again, I think, uh, five or six years ago. Did they? Um, where it was Outback was, that was it. They, and I think they're the only one that actually, having announced it a couple times, they're the only ones that actually are the sponsor's name. <clears throat> oh, okay. You know, it's, it yeah. is the Outback Bowl. It is the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus. The Battle Frog, what is the Buffalo Battle Wild Frog? Wings has sponsored the Citrus in a while. That's yeah, for a while. I've done that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Battle Frog Fiesta. What? What is the Battle? <laughs> the one bowl game that has had the dignity and respect to to eschew these sponsors and stoop to naming themselves something stupid like the Charmin Bathroom Tissue Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl. Good for. There's still yeah. no sponsor title. The Rose Bowl. Yeah. I love that. Rose Bowl, yeah. I love it. The All-State Sugar. Uh, the Tax Slayer Bowl. What is a Tax Slayer Bowl? Come on. The AutoZone Liberty. You've got the home loan. Yeah. You've got the mortgage, and you've got to have the tax. Now, well, what is the problem with how that? How impressed would you be to play in the Motel 6 Cactus Bowl? Excited. The Motel 6 Excited. Bowl? Excited. Guys, we're all the way to the Motel 6 Bowl! Now, for some of these teams, look. They the bowl still game, they have color TV in the room. Look, the bowl games are supposed to be fun. <laughs> they're, they're fun for the teams, right? They're an extracurricular. And really, they are fun. I mean, my, I go back to my son. But, I mean, my son went to, you know, four bowl games. Yep. And, you know, you get a lot of swag yeah, I'm at sure. the bowl games. And then... When they go to the championship games, uh-huh. they get swag at the championship games for the mm-hmm. players, and then they go to a bowl game and they get swag. So it's not bad. Be that as it may, the players come home with the players come home with a it's lot of good stuff. And we need to trim about thirty of them, about thirty games. But what? But what are you going to? I mean, I'd say other 20. teams cut out it there. in half. Cut it in half. That would definitely get better matchups. Forty games with forty teams who did the best during the course of the year. You can't have eighty. That's way too many. Yeah. There's what 118 programs. I mean, I'll give you. You that. can't have I, eighty I, I'm out of 118. Half, go to half because that'll get half. you the matchups. Yeah, and you won't lose any money really because you can take those back sponsors, right? Whatever they're paying for the uh, fingernail cutter bowl. Yeah, played in uh, just outside of Chicago mm-hmm. on February first. 
after Stupid. everything else is done. Mm-hmm. They could put that money into, I don't know, another extra sponsor at the Outback Bowl. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll run a couple of Pay extras. Pay more money to the teams yes. that actually make it. Yes. Uh, more Pat and Stu with Jeffy coming up in a sec. But, you know, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you're going to get the Massengale Disposable Douche Bowl. That's a good bowl. That's a good bowl, though. I mean, Come you on. know, you get, like, Harry Reid playing against, uh, like, uh, Barack Obama. Although he's not an official. No, he's not a fame member. Still, good positive bowl. <laughs> Seven back. It's Pat and Stu, uh, Jeffy joining us today. Uh, we have a uh, camera guy who takes these exotic uh, trips. Right. I, I don't know where he gets his money. Where does he get his money? Oh, uh, he's union a stick- money. He's a in this camera joint, guy. I'll tell you that. He, he show this guy. He's a like a twelve year old camera guy. There he is, Justin. Uh, Justin Amash. You pronounce it Amash, not Amash, right? Like the congressman. Is he your cousin? He's my cousin. Yeah. He's your cousin. Yeah. Okay. So, Justin, uh, where do you get your money to do all these exotic trips? That's, that's the first question. Yeah. Because you go all over the world. Like last year you went, or it, maybe it was even this year. You right? went the, the, the Europe trip. The, dr- yeah. the beer drinking Europe You went trip. to Europe, but you also went someplace other than that that you wouldn't consider exactly uh, a super cool vacation destination, right? Where'd you go? Korea. You went to Korea. Oh, yeah, Korea, yeah. Korea. This was this trip, though, right? The, well, we, you went to my, North Korea, though. The, well, we, we took a right? DMZ tour, so technically we stepped into North Korea. But okay. The trip was to South Korea. Okay. Was that this trip? That was this trip and two trips ago. I, it was, this trip was my third time to Korea. So, oh, that, I mean, that interesting. That's a, uh, it is fascinating. Okay, so first of all, where does the money come from? Are you stealing it? Are well, you selling I live, drugs I to children? I live in a shoebox nine months out of the year, so okay. I can take uh, trips All right, like so you this. save your money, and, and yes. you like to do these trips. Right? Yes, yes. Like I know, don't you? Well, save your money, you can do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this time you went to Vietnam, Yes. right? And you yeah. spent most of the time in the north part of the country. There's, it's, not, it's no longer North and South Vietnam, uh, obviously, since 1975. <laughs> it's just Vietnam. Huh. But uh, you went to Hanoi and where else? Yeah, we went to Hanoi, Halong Bay, Nha Trang, and Saigon, or as they call it, Ho Chi Minh now. Right. Although most of the residents of Saigon don't, don't like the name change. It was kind of forced oh, upon bet. them. They, uh, they, yeah, they actually really uh, resent it. They still call it. Of course they, they do. Call, yeah, they call it Saigon. But yeah. because they're ruled from the north now, right. they don't have a choice in the yeah. matter. So. And the, the capital, obviously, in the north is Hanoi, and it was just unbelievable. I mean, you land, that's where we started our trip, and it is super apparent right away. You're in a communist country. Why? And there's, there's propaganda everywhere. There's the, uh, the, the communist flag everywhere mm-hmm. there's the government buildings there's the guards everywhere there's a midnight curfew in the city wow. so the whole city shuts down at midnight but it doesn't really shut down you're walking around these streets at midnight and there's nobody out it's completely dark and then you'll be walking down this back alley and this guy will come up to you and, and start yelling at you and then he opens up this garage door and there's this club just revealed to us and all of a sudden we just hear the music just emanating from this building so we, we keep moving we end up going to this club. They ask us, are you here to drink water? And we're like, sure. The, the place is called H2O. He's like, elevator, second floor. Go to the elevator. Come out. Bam. 
crazy club. People are doing nitrous. I mean, it is unbelievable. I am beginning the, to like the really? sound there's of this, it. There's huh. this, this underbelly of the city where they're, mm. they're like, you can get whatever you want after midnight. I mean, it, the city looks dead. You would not be able to tell. Are you walking underground? No, well, some of the clubs, yeah, some of these, some of these clubs, you'll go in this abandoned building and you'll go in this basement and it opens up to a club that's more packed than anything you would see wow. in the states, and uh, and it's all, it all depends on who you know. So if you're if you're in good with the political party, they'll look the other way and let, let you have go. essentially this speakeasy, or like one of the one of the clubs uh, we were told was uh, the son of one of the generals that was high ranking in the party. Um, so it's, it's all corrupt. Wow. It's all corrupt. And uh, another thing that was really interesting is everybody rides mopeds because there's a 300% tax on cars from the government. 300%? 300%. And there's also. So no, if you buy a $50,000 car, it's pay, really $150,000? $50,000 plus the 300% tax. And there's no bank loans. Oh there's not gosh. a lot of bank loans. So if you're paying for this car, you're paying for it cash up front. Yeah. So everybody no, drives mopeds. So a fifty thousand dollar car would be two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. The other thing is, the businesses we noticed, the hotel we checked into, we saw that there was a little kid in the lobby, which is which is great. The the, the guy is working at the hotel lobby, is babysitting his son uh -huh. at work. Then I I use the restroom in the lobby, and there's like a toothbrush in in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, that's weird. We come back later that night, and the kid's still in the lobby, just watching his little, you know, playing his games. Well, then, later that night, we come back, and everybody's sleeping in the lobby of this hotel, all the, all the workers. So we realize that not only do they work here, they live here. This is also their home. They live in the lobby of this hotel. And every time, and past midnight, they go to sleep, and every time you want to come or go, they have to open the gate, wake up, and let you come in or out. And this was a common theme wow. that we saw. All these people, I, I don't know if it's maybe they can't afford to have a business and a home, so their business becomes their home. So they live where they work. So what is the, what is the attitude? Now, we were at war with these people, you know, 40 years ago. Uh, what is the attitude towards Americans in think, North Vietnam? I think the younger generation embraces us. Um, I don't think they hold it against us. Um, I will say that we went to the Vietnam War Museum and also the, uh, the Hanoi Hilton, as they called it, where John McCain was, was yeah. held. Um, and they have his flight suit and everything, and, and that really? was interesting. Talk about a, a guilt trip. I mean, really. And they have um, they have all these planes on display that they shot down. They boast about shooting down four thousand planes of ours. They have some propaganda. <laughs> four thousand planes. They have some propaganda that's uh, that's Ronald uh, Reagan as a, like a giant gorilla, and uh, he is uh, <laughs> really. He's uh, so he like, wasn't even president uh, when this happened. Uh, mass murderer. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of just so the museum is anti-American stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Nixon, not Reagan. Nixon. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. My, my, my yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just unbelievable. And then they call the uh, they call the the museum the uh, American Atrocities War Museum. Wow. Did you feel in danger at any point? Did you feel like uh, this was a scary place to be? No, not really. No, I, I felt. My heart goes out to the people there. I actually asked one of the ladies what it's like to live in a communist country, our waitress at a restaurant. And I was like, I don't know if this is acceptable for me to ask, but what's it like to live in a communist country? And she was more than happy to talk about it. But she also told me that um, if she was caught speaking bad about the government, mm -hmm. that they would do bad things to her and her family. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know what that means. They all speak English? The younger generation does. A lot of the older people don't. I think they, they teach English in the schools now. So people, you know, millennials and younger, 
speak decent English. So you don't, I mean, you don't speak Vietnamese, right? No. no but no. you got along okay in the country? Yeah, we got along okay. And uh -huh. it, was, it was mostly, we would go to places that would have the English menus, you know. So how long were you there? Ten days. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, I would never think that that would be a fun place to go. It, hey, you know where we should go is Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> I mean, why? How did that occur to My you? My father-in-law said I, I was there, okay? Yeah. Was, I, the high can you imagine? Values. For all the Vietnam vets, it's probably the last place in the world they want to go. So yeah. what was intriguing about it? I you? just thought, I mean, first you do of all, like to go to these places, I just wanted though. to say back when I was in Nam, that's the only reason. No, I'm kidding. But, but I, I, uh, it's a beautiful country. One of the most beautiful countries I've ever seen. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely huh. beautiful. North or south? Both. The both? But, um, yeah, this is the, uh, the mopeds. Everybody drives a moped. Oh, instead of cars. How and much are the mopeds? I don't know. We rented mopeds for about $5 for the day. Um, wow. So I, I don't know how much it would cost to buy one, but... Like so five bucks to rent them. Because you told oh, us you paid. Yeah, your five bucks, our five bucks is worth what? Yeah, so I, I would take like $100 out of the ATM and I would get two million Vietnamese dong. Nice. So I was walking around. That's good living right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, it, we Wait probably a minute, their, survived. Their dollar dong. is the dong? The dong, yeah. We're, and okay. we were in no way, shape, or form mature enough. <laughs> For this, for this currency, either. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Well, we, we had lots of uh, lots of dom for uh, not not a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Are we supposed to not joke about that? Because I've got a few already. No, that's why we're we're all okay. out of time. That's I mean, it's fascinating. I bet you were glad to be back in the. You know, so, what's the strangest food that you ate while you were there? Because I mean, they aren't you aren't getting uh, you know probably rib -eye. like some sort of river eel. That I, I don't know what it was. My, I, got, I got a flat tire uh, on my scooter, and we, we, these local villagers helped us out. But they were grilling these, these eel-looking worms. I, I don't oh. know what they were. But they offered us some, and it's rude not to, to accept it. So we took a bite, and it was It sounds good. It tasted just like it looked. Was it was it slimy and nasty? Oh, yeah. It tastes, it tastes like guts. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That, <laughs> not that good. was interesting. But Maybe the food overall was very good. The food was, I mean, Was it really? Great. It was yeah. good? Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. The, they had so the, the locals fun. didn't have it cooked good enough. But you were glad to be back, right? I have I never mean, been more appreciative to be an American. Yeah. I mean, it really made me appreciate it. I mean, when you go to a, we a, have. a communist nation like that and you, you see how they live right. as opposed to our quality of life, it does open your eyes, doesn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely eye-opening yeah. trip. And, I mean, it, you know, just we hit the jackpot being born in America. We really did. No kidding. I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of great places in the world, don't get me wrong, and I love visiting them. No, there aren't. But I love coming no, home. There's there's one. One. No, there's only <laughs> one. All right, more patents, too, with one. Jeffy coming up in a sec. There's only one. There's no, no place for it. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Don't even look at the rest here. Don't you see the rest of this country? Shut up. Back, it's Pat and Stu. Of course, uh, Donald Trump wants to ban all Muslim travel to America right now. Uh, this past weekend, though, Stu reminded us all on a show, uh, The Wonderful World of, just what segregation and hasty judgment looks like, um, also known as the Japanese internment camps of World War II. Let's take a look. Great moments in progressive history. 
January 14, 1942, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt had a difficult decision to make. The Japanese have recently bombed Pearl Harbor, and the President had to do something with all the crafty Japanese-American citizens. They needed to be rewarded for denying their naturally evil Japanese instincts. So FDR signed Executive Order 9066, which authorized all Japanese Americans living on the Pacific Coast to receive a fabulous internment camp vacation. Camp means fun, and internment means super. Internment camp equals super fun. Just look at the fabulous locations of the internment camps. Exotic vacation destinations like these completely uninhabited areas of Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, Colorado, and Arkansas. If you like barren wasteland, then this was the all-inclusive trip of a lifetime, all thanks to Uncle Sam. Every single Jap happily volunteered for this wonderful plan. And we're also thrilled to learn that Jap is not an offensive word, at least when heroic progressives are the ones using it. The only problem with this remarkable relocation is all of those pesky possessions. It's far too burdensome to carry your valuables. Luckily, the U.S. government was there to make sure the Japanese were relieved of all their homes and belongings. You know what they say about assets. They make an ass out of you and me, and so forth and so on. Thankfully, the government provided everything they ever wanted in those super fun internment camps. It was like Christmas every day. They received their own residences, food, clothing, Americanization classes, and even jobs, like farming and irrigating the raw desert land under the sweltering sun. This hard manual labor afforded these Japanese-American citizens the opportunity to sculpt lean muscle mass and develop a sexy base tan so they didn't look so sickly pale and skinny anymore. Pop some sunglasses on, and you can't even tell that they're of Asian descent. This comically stereotypical observation is also not offensive because, well, progressivism. Remember, you friendly Japs, because of your race, you collectively as a people cannot be trusted. That's not racism. That's the progressivism guarantee. So what is the result of this forced imprisonment? FDR is consistently named as one of the greatest presidents in history by today's progressive historians. A fact that's just as completely inoffensive as the term Jap. This has been another great moment in progressive history. <laughs> Man, oh that is good. Oh, really good. Uh, that is really good. Uh, a fact, too, that sometimes goes unnoticed. Uh, we took their homes. Uh, their homes were not waiting for them in the four-year period. Well, we swapped. We, we swapped places swapped. for them to live. Well, yes, we took their home, and then they got the camp, which was beautiful, as you saw. I mean, yeah, and you they saw got, that. They got jobs. They got to work in the hot sun. They got tans. I mean, I don't have to sell you on intermittent <laughs> camps. You're so awesome. You're ready to go. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, more patents, too, with uh, Jeff McLeod. Beck, it's Pat and Stu today, uh, featuring uh, Jeffy. In Hi, Stu. 
Uh, here's a big surprise for you. Ed Schultz. Ed, remember him from uh, MSNBC? Ed Ed Schultz. Hall of Fame Schultz? Big, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, then I do remember him. Still, uh, still has a show, apparently, on the internet. No, internet. they it's canceled him. Canceled on TV, canceled on radio. But he has a podcast because everyone Good. can. Good. No, it's because people want to hear what he has to say. That, with the, and that. And then, then that. And it, he says, because he says brilliant things uh, like this that you're about to hear and witness. Okay, good. So what has to happen here, folks? And this is political tough talk. Oh, boy. If the political Democrats don't talk. want any silence, then they have to speak up and just tell the American people, we can't get anything done on gun violence mm -hmm. because Republicans are in the way. Put it on the obstructors. Put it on the people who always defend a piece of paper that was uh, 225 years old or whatever, oh. back in a society that doesn't even exist today, the Second Amendment. Wow. There has to be rules and regulations for a contemporary society. But until the Democrats wow. become not silent and say that we can't do gun violence control in this country silent. or any kind of gun measures because Republicans are in the way. You know, then I, maybe you might strike a nerve with the American people to get rid of some of these jackasses who live by an old document that is just totally outdated. We've changed the Constitution before. We've added to the Constitution, oh, but wow. we simply cannot do anything about gun violence in America. Jeez, man. He said it not once, but twice. Wow. Ed twice. Schultz. So I mean, good right for now. him for, you know, stating the obvious that so many, so many of these progressives think this. They just don't say it out yes. loud. And like you know Obama feels the same way about the U.S. Constitution. So does Harry oh Reid. So, do, yes. so does Nancy Pelosi. Ed Schultz just articulated it because he's a buffoon. And he doesn't care that people understand he's a buffoon. And he... And he hopes for shows like this that will air some right. of his podcast. Right. So right sadly now, we fell into we've the just trap. quadrupled or more than his audience. But can you imagine somebody who calls the U.S. Constitution a piece of paper that was 225 years or old or whatever? Outdated back in a society document. That doesn't even exist today. That is unbelievable. Great. That is unbelievable that you feel that way about the U.S. Constitution. That sure is. Wow. That sure is. A country that... You know, there, here's another example, Ed Schultz, another example of a country that's been great to a dinglehead like him. He's got mm -hmm. businesses, he's been on television, he's been on radio, he's got his podcast, <clears throat> mm -hmm. he's made a lot of money. He's made a lot of money in this country. He's got mm -hmm. a couple of homes, he's got a family, he lives, lives life re relatively well. Yep. Hates it. Hates it. Unbelievable. Seems to. Unbelievable. I, I mean, if you have that kind of distaste for the U.S. Constitution, uh, are you are you a patriot? I, no. I don't think I don't so. No, you can't. You can't be. I don't think so. Also, from the uh, Business Insider, uh, some interesting thoughts from Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, a climate speech that he just gave that might give you chills. Oh, I missed this too. He's apparently in Paris right now as part of the UN summit on climate change. That's still going on. How do? Yes. How does he claim to be a Republican? He governed California for a few years, whatever it was, uh, from the Republican Party. I don't know how that happened. The man is anything but. So he's just over in France promoting a movie. He did not do anything. Is, <laughs> right. You want to speak at the summit? Yeah, I'll speak. All right. 
Uh, so he took to Facebook with an epic smackdown of the naysayers titled, I don't give an F if we agree about climate change. Nice. Wow. There are always a few of you asking why we should care about the temperature rising or questioning the science of climate change. There is no science of climate change, by the way. Can we just stop with the science of climate change? You are predicting a future event. That's not a science. That's a computer model that has been wrong in every single instance. Except the All one. of them. Except all of them. But there was the one where they predicted the, the uh, you know. No. The thing. The thing. Uh, the, 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 the thing. The weather change. The weather change thing. thing. No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> They're wrong. All of these huh. mo climate models well, are wrong. He wants you to know, though, Pat. He hears you. Even those of you who say renewable energy is a conspiracy, even those who say climate change is a hoax, even those of you who use four-letter words, yeah, he's he heard hears all, you. Heard all of our questions, and now he has three questions for us. Okay. Let's put climate change aside for a minute. In fact, let's assume you're right. First, do you believe it, it's acceptable that 7 million people die every year from pollution? Shut up. Oh, Where are you getting that it. freaking number? Seven, first of all, pollution and climate change are not the same thing. All right? Correct. They're not the same thing. We just so, made a joke about it yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's bull crap to say 7 million people are dying from climate change. They're just not. That's oh more than gosh. murders, suicides, and car accidents combined. Every day, 19,000 people die from pollution from fossil fuels. <laughs> that, that's just bull crap. <laughs> Come on. Where do you get that? Now my second question. Do you believe coal and oil will be, out, will be the fuels of the future? I don't know, but until until we have something better, well, let's keep using yes. it. Yes. Why are we stopping what we have? I personally, he says, want a plan. I don't want to be like the last horse and horse and buggy salesman who was uh, holding out as cars took over the roads. I don't I don't want to be the last investor in Blockbuster as Netflix emerged. That's exactly what's going to happen to fossil oh fuels. Oh my gosh! Is it? Is it? Arnie? It is the fossil fuel companies. That are that are leading the way for some kind of renewable. He's got to have money in these companies. A oh, clean energy future is a wise investment, and anyone who tells you otherwise is either wrong or lying. Now he has a final question, and it will take some imagination. He says, "There are two doors. Behind door number one is a completely sealed room with a regular gasoline-fueled car. Door number two is an identical, completely sealed room with an electric car. Both engines are running full blast." I want you to pick a door to open. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Behind door number one, door number I two, mean, or door number three. What the hell does that have to do with anything? What is it? I mean, that is some dumbass arguing there. That is just stupid. This guy was a governor of the largest state in the nation. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how this happens in America, but it's frightening. Sure to, does. To use one of the four-letter words all of you commenters love, I don't give a damn if you believe in climate change. I couldn't care less if you're concerned about temperatures rising or melting glaciers. Uh, glaciers aren't melting and temperatures aren't even rising. It doesn't matter to me which of us is right about the science. I just hope you'll join me in opening door number two to a smarter, cleaner, healthier, more profitable energy future. Well, we need to do something, Pat, because seven million people die every year from pollution. What a bogus. What a bogus. Seven claim. million people die every year from pollution. Where are you getting that? I just made up. It, it just is. made up. You know, I guess if you attribute every asthma death, every bronchial death, every... Every breathing death 
disorder to uh, climate change or to air pollution? Maybe you could come up with that number. Maybe 7 million people die from uh, uh, airway-related diseases every year. Asthma. Uh, okay. Tuberculosis, I would have to, we'll have to uh, see about that, but I, emphysema. It seems like an awful lot of people. Uh, you know, maybe maybe if you add all that up, it's seven it seems million. Seems like an awful lot of people. And you blame it all on pollution. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you're doing? Because well, I mean, that's, that's crazy. An awful lot of people. It's crazy. Seven million people. It's just crazy. Just dying like that. Come on. I mean, we have what? What's the? Well, how many people are dying from gunshot? From victims here in the U.S. Violence? is what thirty-two thousand a year. It's not. It's uh, 15 or something. No, just well, that, just, I mean, all gun, all gun-related deaths. Oh, including well, you know, suicide? 32,000, stuff include like that, suicide, maybe something like that, 30,000. Yeah. And you say we have 7 million yeah. on the globe dying from pollution? I yeah. think not. In auto accidents, I think, think 50,000 a year die. Okay. Okay. Uh, so okay. if you does include... That, <clears throat> does that extrapolate out to 7 million people dying every year on the globe? Worldwide, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem reasonable to me. No, it does not. I think it's a made-up number, but, I mean, that is crazy stuff. Also, a New York City man filed a lawsuit with the Manhattan Supreme Court last week arguing the Metropolitan Museum of Art should remove the racist paintings that depict Jesus as a blonde, fair-skinned male. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. In the suit, Justin Rennell Joseph said four paintings on display at the Met. Uh, amount to offensive aesthetic whitewashing of Jesus, who in reality had black hair like wool and skin of bronze color. How do you know that? The suit arg argues the museum's display of these images is an extreme case of discrimination. Thank you. <clears throat> According to the lawsuit, Joseph felt stressed by the implication. <laughs> that someone who possesses that. physical features like the plaintiff could not... <clears throat> Could not be the important historical and public figure of Jesus Christ. Viewing the paintings caused the plaintiff to feel, among other things, rejected and unaccepted by society. Come on now. Holy crap, am I sick and tired of this guy? He's of suing the museum under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. He told the Post the painters completely changed Jesus' race to make him more aesthetically pleasing for white people. Are you saying, is this guy saying Jesus was black? Because I don't know a lot of black Israelites. Um, I don't know any, frankly. I don't see a lot of them. He's just saying that he felt stressed mm -hmm. because Jesus was white. Okay, we made Jesus you white. You bring me a picture. Live. Bring me a picture with the, how did he describe, black hair like wool and skin of bronze color, and I uh, will change those paintings for you. Bring me a photo of them. <laughs> you will? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll change them for you. I, I, you know, I, I mean, was his hair blonde? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. But uh, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's, look, the whitewashing of Jesus. There's, how many pictures of Jesus have we seen? Or I mean, in your lifetime, really? I mean, how many pictures? pictures? I've Dif seen different, zero pictures. Different, well, paintings, paintings, right? Drawings, okay. paintings. You don't have a snapshot of Jesus? I don't have a hanging snapshot. out. No. Well, I saw no Jesus. Polaroids okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Polaroid right here. But I'm just saying, there's all kinds of different paintings of Jesus. Yeah. It's just because uh, yeah. there aren't any pictures, actual pictures. Yes. So what does it matter? I didn't, I didn't realize that they could stress me out. Yeah, they That's can. I want some money for that. I know. And this is, you know, this is where we are. It isn't sure it? is. It sure is. I, I, 
caused the plaintiff to feel, right. among other things, rejected and unaccepted by society. Right. If Come I were the now. judge, I'd tell this guy to grow up, get a pair, get the hell out of my court oh, now. Oh, by the way, Jesus was white. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No. Stressed, unaccepted. I, this, but this is the kind of world we've created with sure this progressivism, is. with this bull crap. With with pandering to everybody's uncomfortable feeling, I don't right. care if you feel uncomfortable. Tough, grow up, get over it. I feel uncomfortable about a million things. I just have to move past it. I mean, I I find it hard to believe. I don't know when it happened. I really don't. I don't remember ever. I just I don't know when it happened. But it, I mean, I know it. Ha we know. I'll know it happened, right? But that whole we stopped <clears throat> believing in. I know. Get over it. Yeah, we did. I, I got it. You, you don't like that. Okay, don't use that. I right. got it. Yeah. You, that, you don't like the person that's painting that. Okay, don't look at it. <laughs> Where yes. did we lose that? I don't know. And it, when I mean, we, when we it. lost common sense, because that's just I just sense. don't get it. I, I can't take the whitewashing of Jesus. Okay, don't draw your own Jesus. Yeah. How about don't go to the Met then, okay? <laughs> don't go in there. Or just avoid those four paintings. How about that? Will you feel <laughs> right. better then? I don't That's understand it. So pathetic. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do come up. Tell tomorrow. Then. No, you'll be rid of them. Be rid of them for a while. You happy about that? No, man. No, no. Oh my God. No. Seven two seven back is Pat and Stu today, uh, featuring uh, Jeffy instead of Stu. But uh, this is kind of interesting because Business Insider has uh, written a piece about four reasons the U.S. can't learn from Australia's success with tackling gun problems. Well, well, let me give you a reason number one, and really the only reason they haven't had any success. It doesn't say that right there. I know it doesn't. I know. I know. Here's what happened in Australia: they banned guns in 1996. From 97 to 2000, gun-related deaths went up 19%. 19%. Now, they've leveled off since then, but they're still at the same levels as prior to the ban. How is that a success? How in the hell is that considered a success? These are not facts she uses, however. No, it is not. And she talks no, about the mass shooting last week, 354th mass shooting in the U.S. since in, in this year. I was just reading this. I was See, just I was trying to figure out what how crap. she's getting those numbers because she's using gang related shootings. She's using every every 354th mass shooting in this year, which is that she's is, right one a day. Well, yeah, I mean, that is wow. not Come on. accurate. That is not accurate. Unless you use, you know, the shootings in Chicago, the shootings in Detroit, the shootings in Baltimore, all of that nonsense. All the numbers that maybe two people, right? What are we calling mass? Anything above one? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have to. Obama's referred to Australia's Port Arthur massacre in 96, in which uh, a gunman opened fire and killed 35 people in Tasmania. The Howard government swiftly responded by passing new laws prohibiting all automatic and semi-automatic weapons and implementing strict licensing rules, which involve background checks, waiting periods, blah, blah, blah. America's unwavering, unwavering love of guns perplexes Australians. So what Does exactly it? interferes with uh, America following it? Well, how about a constitution? How about the Second Amendment, <laughs> dumbass? I, I can't. This is just so unbelievable. From Claudette Yazbek, um, she avoids all the real issues involved here, and that's, first of all, it's not even working in Australia. Didn't do anything. And there's Claudette right there. Uh, it looks just exactly like I imagined her. Um, but here's what she says. Both Republicans and Democrats love guns. Gifford's experience best illustrates that the point of tension between the two parties is what, if any, constitutes reasonable regulations around the right, not the more basic question of whether guns have a legitimate place in a democratic society. By the way, we're not a democratic society either. <laughs> Couching the gun debate in terms of re reasonable regulation, however, overlooks that the type of gun safety in countries that has had uh, dramatic results involves no guns. Hmm. And not even liberal Democrats would support this position. That's true. But uh, England banned guns. England also no success banning guns. Their gun deaths are higher as a rule than when they than pre-ban days. That's impossible. In fact, initially they went up something like 300 percent. I mean, right now you're lying. That's no, impossible. I'm, I'm it's not. Impossible it is, that that could have it is true. The people who wind up with uh, they guns, banned them. Yes, they do. Ban they banned them. <clears throat> yes. You know, there are people in the society who, if they're willing to kill, are also willing to break gun laws. I don't, I don't know if you understand that. Yeah, that's kind of a sticky little issue there, isn't it? Crazy. Whatever. Know, right? Uh, they all love to beat up the NRA, too. Yes. They all love to beat up the NRA. They, the NRA mobilizes voters in a handful of swing districts that can determine which party controls the House of Representatives. Um, that's part of the whole United States system. Everyone can do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Hill and Richie go on to explain that who controls the House comes down to 35 districts or, I mean... Okay, or 8%. Generally, these swing regions are rural and conservative-leaning. Well, good for them. You know, it just ticks me off that the NRA, and now I'll f finish this, but the NRA is a, an organization. What have they done illegal? How many mass shootings are they responsible? All of them. All 354 okay. that happened this year. Everything. Every single one of them. They take the heat Thank you for, asking for every one of those. Yes, every single and one of them. And they've done zip. None of the people who belong to their organization, have taken part in those. Well, except Wayne LaPierre has been the trigger man in each and every one of these <laughs> shootings. He has? Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, my gosh. This no. Guy, this guy is uh, so trigger happy, you can't believe it. He's, uh, just, that, if he's I, shooting people every day. If I see that guy in day. this building again, <laughs> I'm taking him out. I can't I mean, take him. I'm, I'm going to walk him out to the building and tell him to get out of here. It's silly, isn't it? It's I don't silliness. want him here. It's don't nursery school. Here. It really is. It's nursery school. Read the rest of this. Oh, my gosh. Because it's aggravating. <sighs> With the majority of NRA members living in swing districts, this setup gives enormous power to the NRA. Yeah, uh, yeah. people like them. They're a great organization. It can target its resources to these areas, which are key voting battlegrounds for president or members of Congress. Okay, well, I mean, that's what this country is set up to do. Organizations 
plenty of organizations for the left set up and do the very same thing every year. Australia's gun lobby simply did not exercise the same levels of power nor political astuteness. Sorry for them. Also, they don't have a constitution like we do with the Second Amendment like we do. Uh, there's very there's scant few nations that have that. We do. It, it's pretty tough to overcome the Second, Amend Second Amendment. Uh, you know, and, and people try. Like, this, so this is an effort here. This old document uh, I yeah, right. I really am. I know. And so is, so is what's-his-face. I can't even remember his name anymore. Ed. <laughs> uh, blurred lines. Partisan gerrymandering. The majority of individual Americans support common-sense gun reform. Don't know that that's true. I don't know honestly. that that's true either. America's geography, however, has a Republican bias. What? America's winner-takes-all elections allow gun safety opponents to form a powerful single-issue voting bloc that secures large numbers of seats in elections. Australia's political system, by con contrast, tends to push parties toward the center. Uh, you know what? This person needs to move to Australia. Please. Um, because she loves Australia's political system and apparently hates our constitution and our way of life. Get the hell out! Get out! See, that's a, the Second Amendment is a constitutional right, though. Oh, she talks about it. Man. The United States Supreme Court in 2008 ruled that the Constitution confers on an individual the right to possess a firearm for a traditionally lawful purpose. Of course it does. Uh, you know, like self-defense? Mm -hmm. uh, in doing so, it overturned two Washington, D.C. provisions, one that banned handguns and another that required lawful firearms in the home to be disassembled or trigger locked. That you know what I got to tell you something. Stupid. That will keep you safe. Yes, that keeps you safe. You might as well not have a gun. Would you have to assemble that. your gun when the intruder comes in? Hang oh on, my gosh. hang on. Can you stay downstairs oh for gosh. a second? I'm putting my gun back together. If you what? don't mind, just wait for a sec. Give me a chance here to defend my family. Trying to reassemble my gun. Look in the other jewelry box. A lot of times they'll wait for you. Oh, of course. A lot of times the intruder will wait. Of course, they, they try yeah. to beat you. Yeah, they'll scream back upstairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In five minutes enough time, we'll, we'll wait. Dude, how long is it taking to put that thing together? Let me know when you got it reassembled. Okay, I know that can be a pain. You need any help? No, I got it. Oh, okay. My God. Previously, I'm just going through the silverware while you put that thing back together. <laughs> that happens a lot. That's so stupid. That happens a lot. Previously thought safe spaces are no longer safe. Oh, no. Including primary schools, community colleges, churches, health clinics, and, and cinemas. Ask you know what? why that is, I dumbass. Just, thank, I, just, I don't even have to read anymore. Gun why is that? Zones. Yeah, Gun they were safe zones. because people believed, hey, that's a church. We're going to leave it be. Hey, that's a school. We're going to leave it be. Then we put up signs saying, hey, no guns allowed here. And all the crazies mm. went, if I go in there with a gun, I could do some damage. Because nobody can fight back. Mm -hmm. They specifically target the gun-free zones. Have we not seen that time after time after time? Every single shooting. They all say. Every say. single shooting. Something like in the last 40 years has been in a gun-free zone. Every one of them. Amazing. Safe spaces are no longer safe. Uh, including this last one, last week. Right. Uh, there's a gun for every... And she, she continues to complain. There's a gun for every man, woman, and child in America, and they're easy to obtain. You know, I mean, are they easy to obtain? You can't just go into a no. store and walk out with a gun just like that. You're going to get a background check. Uh, Australia is not, com uh, is not a comparable case study for the U.S., 
We can't pretend if we faced the same entrenched institutional obstacles and a fear-driven political climate. How do you implement a buyback scheme for 300 million guns? At least she finally stumbles onto something yes, logical. Does. You yes, know, she does. Yeah, you're not going to get back 300 million guns from, from Americans. You're just not, and nor should you. No. And, no. and but you know what's lost on her is that there are 300 million guns, and this happens fairly rarely when you consider how often it could happen if everybody was a gun nut like these people think. Right. You know, if everybody, if so many criminals and so many insane people and so many right-wing kooks are so unbalanced and they still have guns and easy access, there should be murders. Should be firefights. I mean, there. everywhere. Yeah. Right? It should be worse than the Old West. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents do with uh, Jeffy. Come on. Not even close. That's just agonizing. Agonizing. To the, to the Second Amendment? Yes. yes. Yes, it is. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. Jeffy's uh, going under the knife tomorrow. I am, and all and, I can think uh, about is a stupid surgery yeah. on my shoulder. Because this, you know, a lot of people think, ah, it's shoulder surgery, no big deal. This is a pretty big deal, and it's it's uh, life altering for about six weeks, right? Well, at least two weeks for sure. I mean, you, you do nothing. For two, two weeks, weeks. They, they say they tell your me. arm is in a sling. And sling. describe what it's like. Cause I should have brought it in. I was just saying really I should have brought it in. Right? Because, yeah, the sling that they gave me, I'd never seen one before like it. It wraps, you set your arm down in it, and it's got a grip inside. So mm -hmm. then, you know, you have the, it comes all the way out past your hand, but the grip is inside the sling. Mm -hmm. And then it has a brace hooked up here up against your body. So you're like this, so you can't move in. It's so uncomfortable. I would not And it comes it. around, and then they give it you another brace that you can put under this arm to keep this arm straight <laughs> along with this, so the sling. Now, the nurse said this one you can live without. You don't need that. Some people like it. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. But for two weeks, the Doesn't new, the brace start all the to new studies rub against show, your ribs and hurt them? All the new studies show that shoulders heal better not moving for the first two weeks. Not moving at all. Okay. Okay, so like my knees, I've had knee surgeries and knee replacements. They want you up moving. Yeah. They do the surgery and then they kick you out. Get out of here. This one, no moving. Now, I've been trying to practice for a while just using my left hand on everyday items because, of course, my right arm is my dominant arm. Yeah. And I still, it's, you know, it's, I'm okay because I still have, I'm able to use my right hand to finish it up. But now, you won't be able after to. tomorrow, yeah, no. Hey, I mean, I, I don't envy I'm you this. Thankful that I have a wife, but I think I need to buy a robot. I want a robot. All right. That can actually start being my do my do boy. Or girl. I mean, I are there are other sell, activities I that you it, might? I can sell it to sure. my wife as a do boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I've attempted already. I mean, if that's if that's your preference. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. It's I, not my preference, but I, I want a judge? robot. Who am I to judge? Thank you. Thank you. I'll take whatever so, robot will sure. have me. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you want but to marry the robot? Good. Go for it. Do it. 
whatever. <laughs> I want one bad. Point is, though, the but. surgery messes up your life, and you have bad. to sleep that way. Yes. And you, uh, I, man, the way I thrash yeah. around at night, there's, oh, God, would just I got, be. You know, it's a, you know, you got the pillows horrible. or the chair, and you got to get up, and I'm told. And again, I, I'm, I was really apprehensive the last week. Because the, the guy that works with us, Keith, had it done. And he mm -hmm. has been telling me how bad it is. Oh, he was a mess for a long time. He, you know, he said he wouldn't do it any other way. He'd have it done because he's so much better now. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, that's good news because that's what I want. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I could call it off, but I can't live like it is now. I just can't. I can't lift anything. I can't move it. It's the common things, closing doors, mm -hmm. picking stuff up out of cars, you know, stuff like stuff you don't think it hurts about. really bad. Yes, it's stuff you don't think yeah. about that mm -hmm. just hurts. So I want that gone. But then I talked to someone two days ago who had it about four weeks ago who was saying, eh, after two weeks, I was, I, was, I was fine, and I was still in the sling, but they told me I couldn't drive, and three weeks later, I got to drive. I got to go. So now I don't know the damage of the shoulder, mm -hmm. know the difference, because, mm -hmm. you know, I've got, like, I hurt it pretty bad, so it's got big, some big tearing and, you know, other things that have to be fixed, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, I've had knee surgeries. I've had a ton. I've, my first knee surgery was when I was 14 years old. Are you in 18, uh, at the year of 1800? Are you encouraging uh, listeners and viewers to stop by and give you kisses in the hospital? Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So Anyone if you're in the, like if you're in the Dallas Metroplex, just stop by. And, uh, if you give, see a hospital, stop in and ask for me. <laughs> if I'm there, come on and give me a kiss. <laughs> Come in and give Jeffy a kiss. Hello, is Jeff Fisher at this hospital? <laughs> yes, we're here to kiss him. I'll leave a note at the front. I'll tell him to send you. Come on, I'll tell him to send you. That's fair enough. Thank That's you. fair enough. Thank you. All right. So anyway, uh, say a prayer for Jeffy that he recovers quickly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And just in case he dies, we want to say one nice thing about him before. Triple eight seven two seven. A lot of fat people go under the knife and. <laughs> They never come back. So. You know, I woke up. I woke up once uh, for my one knee surgery. I don't remember if it was the replacement or if it was the surgery before my replacement. But I remember waking up uh, on the in the surgery room, and the doc was you know down at the end of my leg working on my knee. And yeah. I remember sitting up, going "Whoa!" and it was you know screaming. Yeah. And I just remember bad pain. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. right when they're in the knee. Yeah, I mean, they're all around, and I hear the doc go, easy, big man. And I remember him <laughs> pushing me back, and the next thing I know, you know, they're already. <laughs> I was knocked out for like eight days after that. They made sure they gave me enough. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Apparently, I built up a tolerance. I don't, I don't know how know that why. would happen. I know. Huh, that's interesting. I know, you can't. It's tough to get that's that stuff on the street. But... No, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, this is kind of interesting. In the future. In the future, they say that the uh, what we might the way the delivery system for music may be a chip in our brain. That's it, though. That's it. I mean, that's it. is that that's kind of spooky to yeah, me? Well. I, anytime it's a chip anywhere in my body, I'm like, eh, no, thank you, no, thank you. Well, I don't know. I'm almost there. I think. Are you? I really am. I'm almost there. I'm tired of having to. I'm tired of having to show identification and pull out yeah, cards and do all that's and, how they get you, you with know, this. Fill this up. Right. And we, how much is this? And, boop. Scan I'm your out. wrist. Scan your forehead. Nice scan day. your wrist. Goodbye. <laughs> yep. I mean, seriously, it would be convenient. Yes. Wouldn't have to remember your boop. cards. I'm you gone. don't remember your wallet. So what? You've got it all right, right. there. 
I mean, they can do it, too. Don't remember. I don't need it. I'm not, I'm not bringing it. It's boop. I'm right. Uh, thank you. So in response to a simple play, an algorithm, DJ opens. Uh, the DJ opens a blended set of songs incorporating information about your location, your recent activities, your historical preferences, and it's all complemented by a biofeedback from your implanted <laughs> smart chip. <laughs> and so, I'm sure that the only thing that you'd wow. be able to use this for is music. Oh, sure. The only thing this sure. is for is music. So don't you worry about anything else happening. Man. That's it. Uh, they even so. want to call it a different name. My favorite is they don't, the, they don't want to call it artificial intelligence. They want to call it, uh, they prefer uh, technology to be called mood-affiliated procedural remixing. Ah. That's interesting. How about, why can't we just call it artificial intelligence? Because that's not what it is, Jeffy. It is mood-affiliated procedural remixing. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, back back in the 2010s, way back when, when we were fumbling around on our phone trying to get music or an iPod, for heaven's sakes... Uh, this is all going to be ancient technology pretty soon because Boy, no kidding. Uh, they're trying to differentiate their products. And so Google and Apple and Facebook even uh, with Spotify are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to acquire and develop new song selection technology that has been a colossal bust until now. You never get the song you want. The voice commands barely work. And the term right? DJ referred to some French guy in a mask who wasn't even monitoring your uh, Plus, if we give you the chip, levels. when you start thinking of a song, if we own the rights, we charge you immediately. Yeah, you could. You could. Immediately. You start thinking <laughs> of mean, a song, and the chip goes, oh, we own that song. Your account has been charged $2.50. Yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, it's pretty amazing because uh, this would be a really cool... If if it does what they say it's I going know. to do, it, it would be a great way to receive music. Yes, it and would. And I, I love that. Yes, and I, it would. You know, we, we heard a while ago, Stu brought up a story from, I don't know if it was Spotify or something, who was supposedly developing a new al- algorithm. Do you remember that? Yeah. And not yeah. only would it, it understand that you like this song, but what time you wanted to hear the song. They tried to work and, out the times, yeah. And if you like the song, but not the band. Right, because sometimes they, you listen to one song, you like that song, you don't like uh, the other a lot of times. 40 songs the band has done. A lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot of songs like that. Yeah, and so it figures all that out and then sorts it through. That's and the only good song that guy has ever done. Now, see, Pandora won't do that. Pandora doesn't do that. I, I like Pandora a lot. but I do, too. The problem is it starts playing the same songs over and over and over and over and over and over, especially if you take the time initially to say, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. I'm going to skip that. I don't like that. Right. I like this. I like this. I like that. I and then pretty soon done. it just I starts ne- playing those I songs. I started and that's doing it. that, and then I was like, no, you know what? Just play. If I have Pandora on, just play. Yeah. I just want to hear it. And you just like, yeah, listen to you whatever. live through the stuff that's not. Yeah. I or don't you- like to live through this stuff. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I had to live through the stuff enough <laughs> at the radio station. But this brain thing, uh, that's a whole new level. Uh, it sure is. That's a it, whole new level. I, we've talked about uh, Continuum, but oh, the, the yeah. television show Continuum. But I'm telling you, you know, she had the, she's got the, you know, she has the, uh, the eyepiece. And this is supposedly and technology from 2077, I right, think. Right, she's got the eyepiece, and she has right. the chip, which she can download information and upload. Wearing the, the suit she takes. that has all kinds of I information. Mean, 
Uh, we're closer. We're close to that. Oh, we're really close to that. And they're already saying they're already upping the game to the driverless cars. Okay, they've already upped that. Yeah. They're saying that it's going to happen faster than they expected. And why? Because of what we talked about. They already are showing the accidents being missed and how responsible the driverless cars are. So they're saying the more driverless cars, less accidents. And all for your safety. It will become mandatory. Yeah. For our safety. Yep. You know, so yes, this thing's progressing. I know. Fast. Triple eight seven two seven back more of the show. Uh, this is on the way. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen. We may just wind up as a chip in your brain sometimes. And we'll just talk to you all day. Think of that. Whether you like it or in not. Your brain? Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Like that. <laughs> well, we like that. To triple eight seven two seven, with uh, Jeffy. Um, here's a here's here's an important guide, an important guide to uh, this year's lifetime Christmas movies, uh, because I know you love them. Oh my God, you gotta love them. Uh, is, right? is there a house that doesn't have them on? It's uh, probably. A few. I mean, there's every time I turn around, I see one of these stupid movies on my television. I'm not one of them. I love them. And I, mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, they're terrible. But I love them anyway. Cause just, it's just part of Christmas now. For My me. wife has them on all the time. I, you, sit down, when you sit down, you get hooked. Yeah, you do. You want to come on and you stop for a second. You stop just for a second. Every single one of them just is the same see, deal. Right. And just Every to see, one oh, which one is this one? And the yeah, next thing right. you know, it's an hour and a half later. <laughs> and you've wasted all this time and it's a terrible movie. Uh, but that's part of the fun. Uh, lifetime Christmas movies take place in a magical universe full of perfect single men course where everyone turns their christmas decorations up to 11 every small town has an eatery called millies or dinkies or flopsies or boopies right famous for a food that's perfectly easy to make well like pancakes or coffee uh the women in the lifetime christmas movies haven't found love there's always one person in their life standing by to give them aggressive advice in the vein that there's a single man over there he's your only chance at happiness well they have found love or you're gonna die alone they, go, I, we, they have found love, really, though, Pat, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes uh-huh. they miss the love of their life. Well, that's true. They miss the opportunity. That is, that is very true. They miss the opportunity. Uh, but one that debuted on November uh, 28th, but you're still going to have like 27 more chances to see it on Lifetime, is something called a gift-wrapped Christmas. I think I've seen this. The perfect, sing- I have too. perfect single man in this movie is still getting over his wife's death. That's that's the case in a lot of these. It is. You know, he's a good guy and and but he has he lost his wife and he's a little bit broken. He was so okay? in love. And so they, he's gun shy for one thing. He's been he's broken hearted. He had, had some illness for five or six right, years. Right, but he was there for her every step of the way. Yes. Every step of the way. It was heartbreaking. And he has a girlfriend who only speaks in corporate jargon. He hires Gwen, a perky blonde uh, doing a straight-up Kate Hudson impress- impression. Uh, Which he as, doesn't want to always hire a blonde no, right. straight-up Kate no, Hudson impression. No, but he needs a personal shopper, and so he hires her. And she oversteps her professional bounds on a oh, daily basis no. until he realizes, wait a minute, 
Wait, I'm in love with her. I'm not mad at her. I'm, I'm in, in love. love with her. This is the first of uh, two movies in which two people sing a full-length Christmas carol while looking into each other's <laughs> eyes as everybody yes. else in the room watches in silent admiration. Yes. And it's treated as romantic and fun. Worst example of problem solving, when Gwen's car breaks down at one point, oh, no. she leaves it on the side of the road without even a peek under the hood, giving no thought to calling <sighs> professional help before starting a multi-hour journey on foot. Okay. <laughs> Who's giving out the aggressive advice? Gwen's perfect older sister, played by the perfect little sister from Seventh Heaven. The naughty list. Gwen's outfit at the beginning of the movie. Uh-oh, it's oh, naughty. Oh, no. Really? Yes, it oh, is. Oh, golly. Yes. Oh, my. The nice list. Mm -hmm. The guy who plays Gwen's brother-in-law is legit funny. Should we watch? Yes. 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 We should, it says. Yes, of course we should. Then, The Flight Before Christmas, oh, which debuted on the 5th and is still, of course, playing oh, no. in hot rotation. Oh, the no. perfect single man in this movie is Ryan McPartland, meathead from Chuck, <laughs> spends the movie looking bananas handsome. He finds himself sitting next to uh, Mayim Bialik. Now, she, what was she? She did a, uh, oh, yeah, there she is. Blossom! It's yes, it Blossom! <laughs> oh, if they can get if they can get one of these child stars. Come on from the now. 80s, oh, that's good stuff. Cameron Come uh, on. uh Candace Cameron Bure. Yes. Or Blossom. Oh, that's, that's good golden, stuff. Man. If they oh. can get somebody who you know, Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell. She's another huge. one. Huge. Yeah, I mean, that's huge, huge for them. And they will play that movie over and over and over. I mean, come on, Henry over. Winkler's out there with his, right? We've talked about those in the past. Right. And he's got that, uh, his granddaughter? No, his niece. His grandniece or just his niece? Brooklyn something or other. She's very yes. pretty. Very yes. pretty. Model, actress. She's actually good. That That is actually one of the better it ones. It is a good one. Even though it's far-fetched because Henry Winkler, who is the uncle, <laughs> is at the airport. And he meets this guy, this drifter, he's, who somehow works him into first class with him or something, finagles a first class flight home. Now, he's coming back from Europe where he's wandered around the continent for Trying five to, what, years or something. You have to do that to find yourself. You do, And he did. He found himself, and he found that he's a really good guy. And, of course, he's brutally handsome. And You can't wander around Europe finding yourself not, unless you're brutally Not unless handsome. you're brutally handsome. And especially as a chef, which he was. Right? So he comes. I mean, that's how you survive wandering around Europe from time to time. You just find a place to cook. So he winds up in Henry's hometown, which I can't remember what it is, but he's on his way to Denver to open a place with his girlfriend, but he never makes it there because the flight is canceled. So Henry does the only thing you would do invite a total stranger you just met back to the house where your niece lives with her child. <laughs> <laughs> Safest thing in the world, hey, of course. They fall in come love. Come to the house. Yeah, and he does. <laughs> and he's so darn charming, you oh, know. God. And and the niece is hot, but she's got this fiance yeah. who's a douche. Well, she's not really looking rich. at him anyway. She, no, no. Now but. the kid. <laughs> Sees that there might be a little something there. You it's know, always not, the kid. Sure. Always the kid sees the charm of the guy. Right? Sure. I don't know how to make it happen, really. And I'm right. not sure if, if Uncle Henry uh, will approve. But he, darn it, he's the one that brought, her home, brought him home. Now, there's another one coming up, which we haven't seen yet because it debuts on Sunday. Oh, boy. It's called Wish Upon a Christmas. Come the on, now. Perfect single man in this movie is a widowed father who runs a Christmas ornament company. How many Christmas ornament company uh, single men are there in this country? A million and uh, a half? Two I, mean, million? I, I only know of one. I only know <laughs> really? of one. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. 
It's been in his family for generations, means a lot to him. Don't worry if you uh, forget that last fact. He'll, he'll bring it up in four minutes. <laughs> Company's in financial trouble. And Amelia, a corporate consultant who happens to be, yes, his high school girlfriend. Of course. Comes to town to trim the fat. Maybe the company would be in less financial trouble if their Christmas party wasn't fancier than most <laughs> weddings and didn't have a live-in band. But it's a Christmas <laughs> ornament company. <laughs> and doggone it, we've got to have the party. Yes, yes. We have to have a party. And then the nice list, Amelia is played by Bianca from 10 Things I Hate. Bianca, okay. I don't know things I hate Bianca about you. from 10 Things I Hate About You. We have a photo of Bianca. I don't know her. We have a photo. Um, also in it, Alan Thicke. Who oh, plays nice. The dad. He's in about now, five Now, according of these to now. this review, yeah. it says we shouldn't watch. Should not watch this yeah. one? Oh, okay, never mind. We just wasted your time on that last one. Don't I mean, watch it. Merry Christmas <laughs> and a Happy New Year. And I'll see you after the first of the year. Yeah, good luck on your surgery. Yeah.